0: take my mind away uh. everybody get down and do the boogaloo just like the cover of I want you What you gonna do? What you gonna do when the rent comes due? Round up the posse and call up the crew. Five bucks at the door and you bring your own booze. Huh? Call your neighbors, cause they can come too. Be sure and bring your records, cause I only got a few. So bye-bye black sheep. Have you any wool? Yes, sir, yes, sir. A nickel bag full. Some for my partner, some for my crew. Some for my ganja baby She needs two For just like me They long to be Hi Ganja babe My sweet ganja babe I love the way you love me And the way you're misbehaving Ganja babe My sweet ganja babe Come with my body i did de- take my mind away oh, Ganja babe my sweet ganja babe I love the way you love me and the way you are misbehaving Ganja babe my sweet ganja babe Come wake my body I de- take my mind away oh. Take my mind away oh. Take my mind away. Oh. Take my mind away oh.
1: All right, everybody. Good morning, and thank you for. Woo. All right, thanks for joining Chamber Chats. I'm Meredith Matthews with the Arcata Chamber of Commerce, and we are so excited to have some technical technical difficulties and Michael Betancourt and Nick Matthews from Pacific Paradise. Before we start, I'm just gonna. Thank our sponsors. So thanks to Wildberries. Support comes from Wildberries Marketplace. Wildberries is proud to offer a broad choice of quality products, superior service, and exceptional ambience while supporting many organizations in our community, just like Humboldt Hot Air. Head over to the home of the Wildflower Cafe and the Wild Nectar Juice Bar for all your shopping needs. And don't forget, they have delivery and curbside every day. Wildberries Marketplace, your supermarket of choice, top of the hill, G Street, in Arcata. All right. And once again, i um, so happy to have um, Nick Matthews and Michael Betancourt here from Pacific Paradise, both old and new. Um, yeah, I guess I'm a little nervous before this one. I should have stopped and seen you, Michael, before <laughs> before I got on here this morning. So hi, everybody. Hi. Good morning. Good morning to you. Thank you so much for coming on the show with me. So I thought for all our listeners, we would like take a little tour of the history of Pacific Paradise. You know, started in 1971 as Pacific Paraphernalia, one of the oldest um, businesses in Arcata that's still running today. One of the oldest shops, head shops in California. So really a lot of rich history. So, Nick, you... um, you bought Paradise in in '96, right? Yeah. So how did you get involved in in Paradise? Like, what was your introduction?
2: My very first exposure to Paradise was in 1988, actually, um, at Ray on the River. I, one of my good friends that I played rugby with at the time introduced me. He worked at Paradise at the time, and he, he introduced me to the uh, to the to the owner that I bought the store from ultimately. And so I worked there um, while I went to school. I'm a wildlife biologist. And so in the summers, I'd be out doing surveys up in southern Oregon. And in the winters, when I went back to school, the old owner would let me take my job back and work there. And then uh, in 96, I came back from doing that. And he said, "Why? you know, I want to sell the store. And so my old roommate at the time was Misha Blacker. Hi, Misha. We're sorry you're not here yet. with us
1: today. <laughs> to make you lose your train of thought yeah, i'm sorry yeah.
2: <laughs> and the two of us were living together and the old owner we were each trying to buy it individually mm-hmm. um and the old owner was like well misha said this and then he'd go to misha and say oh nick said this and so it came down to it and we were roommates and we sat down one they were, let's just throw our cards on the table and we went in as uh, as partners together on the thing and bought it and it was really um interesting in that we bought it in, on November 1st of 1996, and 215, the medical marijuana passed wow. five days later. And, uh, and I had the poster hanging in the window at the shop, and that was the first thing that I put on the roof. You know what I mean? Um, if you go in there today, you'll see all these old posters and, and so forth. And so um, that was one of the first things that we put on the roof. And it is still hanging there today, mm-hmm. isn't it, yeah, It is. I yeah. assume it is.
1: <laughs> I love that. So, Nick, tell me what it was like in the 90s um, at Paradise. What was, what was the vibe there?
2: You know, the 90s were a really fun decade. And um, and that was pre-internet shopping and all that stuff. And so it was, you know, heads up. We were, us and uh, another store called The Time Traveler, were the only two smoke shops in, you know, the area. And so... Um, it was it was nice. We had so many glass blowers at the time. That was like the glass blowing, you know, peak of glass blowing for sure. And so we, you know, our mentality all along has been to buy everything locally, everything from the glass blowers, from the shirt makers to you know, is stickers, literally everything we had in there until really we went into frisbee golf discs, um, was as local as we could possibly get it.
1: Nice. So um, tell me about like all the festivals and things that you guys supported because I know you guys were everywhere.
2: Yeah, yeah. Misha was really into, he, he's uh, really into music and so am I. And so um, at that point, once again, there was a lot of music coming through, a lot of local bands, that kind of stuff. And we would literally sponsor everything that we possibly could and hang the posters in the windows and, and uh, really try and um, go forward with that. So um, we, we literally had a great time in, in sponsoring shows and going to events. And we did um, Reggae on the River, like I had mentioned before. When I bought it, we did it there. You know. We did Summerfest. At that point, it was out of Kim 2 in Willow Creek. And that was always really fun. And um, so, yeah, we really uh, have always been pro-community, pro-supporting our, our fellow business owners, pro-Arcada, which is such a lovely community and really trying to showcase it for what it, uh what it is it's a fabulous place and so forth
1: so let's talk about like the next decade and how things kind of got a little bit more difficult right with the onset of you know online shopping and and everything that was being thrown at you as far as that goes.
2: Yeah, yeah. Um really the the odds were weren't super bad. We had a good time in those years as well. When we got into the teens, there was a lot more competition mm-hmm. for smoke mm-hmm. shops and they were coming in out of the area and it made it more difficult for us to keep up with the glass that they had imported compared mm-hmm. to the prices that we paid locally to our local glass blowers which we were happy to do. Right. And you know, um, so that impacted sales and definitely the Internet impacted sales. And um, so ultimately I decided, well, you know, let's let's uh, let's go for it. Let's let's turn it into a dispensary and see what it what it does, you know. And uh, and that in itself was a large process. Um, 164 passed. We really, it was a couple years before Arcata had always been against the cannabis industry. And so, you know, they had done increases on power and everything they could to really drive it out. And in a lot of cases, for good reason. Mm -hmm. There was was definitely some problems um, going on with that. But... As a result, the economy in Arcata dropped out a lot when sure. it was all, dr- you know, everybody who had been doing that would come in with literally, you know, pockets f- of money and spend money, not only in us, but in restaurants. Right. And it's a domino effect to literally everybody in the community. And it dropped out the economy for sure. Um, so I decided, well, let's go for it. Let's let's turn it into a dispensary. And we, we fought through it for a couple of years with my uh, manager at the time, Jen, and she is still there today. Still, the backbone of the
3: operation.
1: <laughs> yeah, I remember you know you telling me about that how you know the city was so resistant and Jen kind of went in there and <laughs> yeah, she kind of she
2: kind of uh, went for it and. It was um, one of those things where you would take a couple steps forward and then the state would change it a little bit and you had to go back a couple steps and then you go, okay, let's go forward again. And so originally we were like looking at the long-term thing. All right, we're going to turn this into a dispensary. And really we sat down and talked one day and we're like, let's do it step-to-step instead. Let's make ourselves achievable goals in order to make this happen. And she's really good at that kind of stuff Yeah. um, for sure.
1: Yeah, I remember that was really around, like when I met you, you know, when you were kind of going through that transition and I think, you know... and it's so funny because I, I really had never been into paradise before, which is, is super odd. But I just remember, you know, all my friends having and I always love to hear like all my friends have those stories. Oh, that's where I got my first bong. You know, everybody has their years first years paradise story, which <laughs> makes me so happy. But yeah. And, you know, you had thought that you were still going to be able to, you know, sell your discs and sell your T-shirts. But.
2: Well, and that was part of the step backwards that we ran into uh, along the way. Originally, it was going to be a one-stop shop, and we really wanted to – the Frisbees were some of my favorite. I fought for those darn Frisbees (laughs) until the day I opened the door as a dispensary. We were figuring out, okay, how can we keep those dang things? Um, Ultimately, we we weren't able to, obviously. Um, But – That we found out about that in October, and so we, I literally put everything on sale for that holidays that year. We sold as much as we possibly could um, because we knew we'd have to, you know, thin it all out because we were going to only be able to carry cannabis related products, right? Um, So,
1: and then you had that grand opening, and it was great. And then, man, I wish I knew how to like do sound effects right now because it would be a big like scary sound, you know, pandemic, Mm -hmm. right? And um, and and how how was that?
2: Well, we had literally just got it rolling. You know, we, we had only been up and running for I think nine months or something. But, yeah. maybe a year maybe. And um, and then they threw that at us, and we we're like, okay, is this an essential business?
1: I think it's arcade. Yeah, I think like the alcohol, you know,
2: <laughs> was, the cannabis was an essential business when everybody was hunkered in at home by themselves for a year plus. Yeah. Um, and so, um, navigated through that. And during that time frame is when, um, Michael came, came along.
1: Yeah. So let's talk about that. You know, I, I love how, um, you've really em- embraced, you know, what I have always thought it was like the, the vision and the, the vibe of, you know, paradise, you know, good times. So tell me, you know, how you, you fell into Fell into
3: paradise. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's it's, uh, it's actually a funny story because uh, Nick, much like you said, your introduction to paradise was back in the late '80s. That's about the first time I walked into paradise as well. Uh, oh, really? I did not know that, is. Wow, I didn't know it, that. Yeah. So, uh, at the time, I was living outside of the area, um, but I had been introduced to Humboldt County and ultimately to Paradise by Jennifer Henson, who we, we've just been talking about, the absolute godsend and the the heart and soul of Paradise. Um and much like the stories we've we've discussed, uh, I won't say it's where I bought my first glass, but I will say <laughs> it it's where I man. bought my first hand blown glass, of, oh, and nice. I thought that was was the greatest thing. You know, absolutely loved it. So, um, like I said, at the time I was living down in the Central Valley, um, and uh, only able to get up here on occasion. Mm-hmm. Um, but every time I did, would go into Paradise, and um, you know, Jen was was doing the books through the early two thousands. Yeah, she was and, I and her and, for the books Yeah. Anything, you know. And so <laughs> excuse me. You know, so we would we would go in there and, and look around and, and inevitably buy, you know, the 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 disc golf uh, golf discs that, that everybody was familiar with and, and growing at the time. Um and so when Jen called. This is uh, fast forward to um, March of 2020. Mm-hmm. I'm sitting on, on you know, my back deck with my wife, Sonia, and uh, you know, we're just, just enjoying the sunshine. Phone rings. It's Jen. And she says, hey, I've got a proposition for you. And I looked over at my wife, and she knew immediately, without even knowing <laughs> what Women was are going so on. Intuitive. So intuitive! Oh my, <laughs> my gosh, <laughs> she has, she has brought me so many blessings and kept me out of so much trouble <laughs> over the years. You know, so um, it didn't take us long to to make the decision. I mean, and when I say long, I mean it was really within hours we made the wow. decision. We're we're gonna explore this. We're gonna mm-hmm. look into it. So uh, I talked with Nick. And um, ultimately, we entered in the agreement to purchase Paradise uh, about three days before the pandemic shut down.
1: Yeah. I remember, you know, we had like our first lunch together when we first met you, like Nick and I walking out of the door and saying, oh, my God, thank God we found these like people that really understand and love and are not going to like paint over that beauty. Paint over that beautiful mural and, like, really, you know, embrace it. So, yeah.
3: Well, I do have some news for you. Oh, no. <laughs> we are going to paint over the mural. <laughs> But we've worked with uh, Ken Javala, the original artist, oh, awesome. and he's going to get in there and touch it up here in the next couple of weeks. So that iconic mural is getting a facelift, and, uh, and a few little added touches. But Ken to, is fabulous. <laughs> he, he did the
2: facelift for me in, in what I think it was 13, I believe, or so, you know, about 10 years ago. Yeah, and uh, and he was the original and I had searched for him. He had done it. That was his third time he'd done that. Several different. Um, variations of all scenic stuff because that's what he does. Um, but uh, he came in the store one day and he's like, yeah, I am I did your thing out in the front of the store. And I was like, oh my God, I've been searching for you for like two years. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I had some NHSU art student come up and do some touch-ups when I could not find Ken. But when he came up, you know, they're like, oh, you're going to need a million-dollar insurance policy to have him get up there and, and, and paint that sign. And I was like... <laughs> All right, let's do it. You know, let's do it. You so needed it, and um, yeah. and he's such a fabulous artist. Absolutely.
1: So that's great. So you bought a Paradise, and and so what? What was your philosophy? I guess you know, going going into that.
3: Well, so uh, a little bit of background for me. Um, coming up uh, to Humboldt in the mid '80s when I when I first started coming up and. Um, uh, Jen showing me around and and introducing me to not just the area but to the culture. Mm-hmm. It became very, very clear to me that this this is what life was all about, right mm-hmm. um, Now, my life circumstances uh, had me in the corporate world mm-hmm. um, and so i was uh, I was doing that whole thing for for many years. Um, but I tell you what the the moment. Sonia and I made the decision to to buy Paradise. The very next decision that we made was to keep the tradition alive, and that was that was almost the exact verbiage that we used was keep the tradition alive. And so, when you come into Paradise today, it's not um, it it's not the same store, sure. but it's the same vibe. Meredith, a few minutes ago, you mentioned um, what. Anyone who knows Nick knows is his tagline. You know, all of his emails are signed. One good two time. three. <laughs> <laughs> good time. Yeah, it is. It's it <laughs> been true. The entirety of it. Yeah. Really. And it's um, a good motto to have. And so that is part of the tradition. And so now, when you walk into Paradise, you will see front and center on the front door, "Good Vibes Only." You know, I love and it. that is in in um, honor of, of kind it. of that that vibe that has been created over the years. Misha was such. He's
2: just like Jen is today, really. He was such a face of Paradise for so long, and he always loved the good times. Yeah. Uh, We had great times.
3: Well, and um, during 2021, we were celebrating the 50th anniversary of Paradise. And, um, you know, about that time, uh, Jennifer had, had the honor of having a conversation with Buzz Flick, okay. the, uh, the original owner, wow. second owner. Actually. Second owner? Yeah, okay. Second owner, yeah. So, um, you know, with, with Buzz, uh, she had a great conversation with mm-hmm. him. I happened to be down at the store doing some cleanup when, um, Buzz's wife at the time, Cece had called. So mm-hmm. we had some great conversations with her and, um, you know, the whole idea of of good vibes and, and great customer service go back to, you know, to those days. And it really revolves around, you know, just getting to know the community, getting mm-hmm. to know the people and, and giving them what they want is all it boils down to. Yeah. And we're going to keep doing that.
1: Yeah. I mean, I think that is what really separates you. I mean, let's be honest, people can really throw a rock, right? And hit, a dispensary right now mm-hmm. and so like what what makes paradise stand out what makes you i mean i know but yeah. tell me what <laughs> makes you so special
3: well one of one of our core tenants i think what really helps um make us special is our commitment to the local farms mm-hmm. you know um whether it's uh humboldt county which is obviously at our heart and soul or the emerald triangle at large mm-hmm. Um, every bit of flour and pre-roll that that you'll find on our shelves is sourced locally. It's grown locally. Um, as much as we possibly can, we are working with uh, with farms like Soul Spirit, who are uh, where Judy and um, and Walter are doing some really cool things with regenerative farming oh, and, yeah. and um, sustainable farming. And you know, just like any other um, crop or any other commodity you can approach it two ways you can approach it from a quality and in this case a love of the plant standpoint which so many of our farmers do or you can approach it from the standpoint of the highest yield the highest thc content mm-hmm. the you know the highest turnover um, and and really turn it into a um, a true commodity, and that's not where we're going. Mm-hmm. Where we are going is is working with farmers and partners that see the value in the plant, and we're trying to educate the the community that um, you know the cannabis of today is not the cannabis of the '60s and '70s. It is uh, it is so much more varied, so much more um, unique, uh, so much more Uh, I'll say valuable in many different ways, Um, not just um, for recreational use, but the therapeutic uh, Mm -hmm. advantages of it are huge. So that's where we're really trying to educate our customers and differentiate ourselves.
1: That's awesome. So um, do your bud tenders like go through trainings? I mean, how how do they know like what to recommend for the customers if they come in, the customer comes in like, let's use me for example. (laughs) Like I have some anxiety? Like if I went in and talked to one of your, bed, your bud tenders, they would be able to kind of talk me through and find me something that, that would really help me out?
3: Oh, absolutely. So um, our, our bud tenders do go through a, a fair amount of formal training, but really what we found is best is for them to work with the farmers. Nice. So we try and get as many of the distributors and farmers in the shop as much as we can and do demos, um, train our bud tenders but also meet and interact with the consumer as well um, there's there's no reason why a consumer ought not you know know where their uh, where their plant is coming from and the best way to do that is meet with with the farmers themselves I always love doing demos
2: that was one of my favorite things you know after we change it to a dispensary where the demos yeah um, and there's there really are very educational they'll they'll sit there and answer questions all you know for whatever it is two hours at a time <laughs> or whatever however yeah. long the demo might be
1: and especially now it's just so important for the local economy to really like focus on you know as close to Humboldt as and humbled as we can
3: oh my gosh when you had the show a couple of weeks ago with can hammock mm. and uh my uh, Brautman, I believe it was. Uh, um, yeah, uh, Rob, uh, Robert Backman. Bachman. Bachman. Backman. Yeah, <laughs> um, and and that resonated with me. Uh, just the sourcing as close to home as you possibly can, uh, and that's one of the reasons why I I decided to to leave the corporate world mm-hmm. and you know come up to the Lost Coast.
1: Awesome. Yeah. So, um, tell me about. How that all fits into the, the community as a whole, how it fits into Arcata, how it fits into Humboldt?
3: Yeah. Well, it, that's an inter- interesting question. And, and tying it into Bud Tender Education and that mm-hmm. sort of thing, we've got a number of um, employees that are students, either at uh, CR mm-hmm. or at uh, Cal Poly. Um, Several of our employees, both current, and former, have uh, taken a lot of the, the cannabis business classes and, and the cannabis industry classes at CR, which I think are phenomenal. Yeah. you know, I'm waiting for the time when I can get in and do it myself. Yeah,
1: I think Cal Poly now that now that they're Cal Poly has a whole new like BA that you a whole degree you can get in cannabis studies.
3: Right, right. What a time to
1: be alive! <laughs> right
3: <laughs> now, as much as I love learning, I sucked as a student. You know, so I don't know that I'll go back and, and you know, really get another degree. <laughs> oh, boy, I'll tell you, that's
2: a long ways from it was when we owned the star. We went through, uh, uh, you know, during the Bush years, we went through John Ashcroft did uh, this Pipe Dreams. And he, he went around and busted Tommy Chong and, you know, so many different people, um, including our local 101 North company. And so we had to put little bags of tobacco in literally every single <laughs> water pipe we had in the store. And uh, and now you're taking classes and getting a degree <laughs> up at Cal Poly. Uh, we fought for the cannabis for years and years and years. I've been, you know, in that one for
3: forever in a day, it seems like now. Yeah. yeah. So, so you know, continuing back with your question about how it fits into the community, mm-hmm. you know, that educational aspect is is one aspect of it. But like Nick mentioned earlier, you know, supporting the various community events and organizations is huge. So, you know, Arcata Main Street does some really cool things around town mm-hmm. you know, from the um, uh, Arts Arcata and um, you know everything going on there. Obviously, the big uh, flagship event being Oyster Fest. Mm-hmm. You know we've we've been a sponsor of that for the last couple of years, and and we'll continue to do so.
1: Wonderful.
3: Yeah, um, and yeah, that makes me proud. It really does. <laughs> yeah, I know that one was close to your heart, and and we're we're glad to keep that one going. You know, and then um, if you. Uh, if the listeners have not yet heard about Canifest,
1: yeah, let's talk about that. They
3: must—they must not be paying attention to what's going on around because right. those those banners and signs are everywhere, and we're we're honored to be part of that as well.
1: So, what? Um, tell me about kind of what are you doing there? I think Jen's judging, which is awesome. Y-
3: yes, <laughs> yes, and that that was probably the biggest smile I've seen on her face <laughs> in a very long time is when Steve asked her to be a judge. Um, but in addition to that, we're going to be one of the uh, licensed dispensaries actually uh, selling product at, at this event, um, September 9th and tenth at, at Halverson Park. Um, from 10 a.m. or 11 a.m. depending, I'm sorry, 11 a.m. or noon will be the starting days on Saturday and Sunday, running until um, nine o'clock that night, um, each night. And uh, in addition to the uh, us being there on-site selling product, there's going to be multiple stages, uh, music stages. Uh, One of the best things that I think uh, was done by the organizers is giving out, A hundred booth spaces to local farmers. Wonderful. And so if you want to really learn about and get to meet and explore what's happening in the cannabis industry, this event is one that, that you should not miss. We're all 100 spaces taken. Uh, I know that at last count the vast majority of them were taken mm-hmm. um I don't know for sure what the final count is at that's this great. moment, yeah. but yeah they're uh I know if they weren't taken, I'm confident they will be yeah that's yeah. fabulous yeah so um so the one thing I do want to point out is that on Sunday morning leading up to the opening of the event. Uh, there will be a community parade, the Yes, We Can Parade, oh. um, you know, starting. Yeah, yeah, I love a downtown parade. Love that's yeah. Awesome. that's yeah, so come out and check that out.
1: Awesome. So, Nick, how does it make you, you know, feel listening to, like, all of this stuff, like, licensed sellers and, um, you
2: know. All, well, all, I think <laughs> at the point when, when we first got our permits, which we got the very first one in Arcata, we were really proud about that. We went after it. Um, and got the very first one, but at that point, I don't think you could do offsite sales. I believe um, at that point it was still, you know, in in brick and mortar sales only. And so it's really great to see that happening for sure, and consumption too. There's uh, that's going to be, I think, down the road at some point, I would assume. Um,
3: yeah, Nick, you're you're absolutely correct. I mean, yeah. um, the the ability to do offsite sales the ability to do online sales the ability to do delivery you didn't have any of that available no, at not. the very
2: beginning right? that came with i think with the pandemic for the most part you know i mean they wanted to keep people in their homes i could be wrong about that but yeah, i assume it applied to delivery too right with the delivery exactly right um, exactly
3: yeah so so now we're uh, a little bit more um flexible in, in how we can approach this. I mean, still um, a lot of regulations, a lot of hoops to jump through to make sure we're doing everything compliant and correctly, which is um, just part of the job. It just comes with the territory and that, that's okay. Um, but at the same time, you know, being able to get out and meet with uh, 100 different farmers in one venue, consumption or not, mm-hmm. is is such a huge way for the community to get to realize that, those folks that are growing cannabis in the in the neighborhoods around Humboldt County neighborhoods, <laughs> <laughs> I love <that>. neighborhoods, yeah, <laughs> they are, um, they're just your are the same people that are shopping uh, at the grocery store next to you. They're the same people that are out there, you know, whose kids are in the same school with you and i think part of the destigmatization of cannabis is is going to be really just getting to know who's in the industry and it's filled with so many good people is what i've found over my years here
1: so what do you think like if you could look 5 or 10 years into the future what do you think like the future is going to look like with everything going on in the industry <laughs> do you have a vision yeah.
3: uh, well i uh Unlike uh, Ken Hammack, I'm not a futurist, so I don't have all of the uh, the insight. But uh, just two days ago, um, the federal government has made a recommendation to the DEA to uh, reschedule cannabis from a class one controlled substance to a class three. So basically what that does is that takes it out of the category of items that have no medicinal value, mm-hmm. um, yet are highly addictive, which anybody that knows anything with cannabis never should have been there. Sure. Period. End of story. And it puts it in a, a Schedule 3 category, which is much less restrictive. That's going to be your, um, your Tylenol with codeine type um, products. So um, what does that mean?
1: Wow. That, I mean, that's huge.
3: That is huge. That is huge. And um, I'm, I'm glad to see that step forward. But I don't think it, it is, in my opinion, the right way. Uh, rather than
2: decriminalize res- it? I mean, so it, you drop it down to a three level. I mean, number one, we all knew, was federally you know, illegal yeah. <laughs> in their eyes. Um, so th- does that take that federal uh, situation out of it? Unfortunately,
3: or- it doesn't. It changes that's it. So yeah. you said decriminalize, right? Mm-hmm. So rescheduling it, taking it from a one to a three – in my words, recriminalizes it, right? Uh, it right, it, it right. still has a lot of regulations. It's still uh, going to be a controlled substance, but mm-hmm. not nearly as um, uh, as restrictive. Mm-hmm. It's going to open up opportunities for research, which I think is yeah. going to be an absolutely huge benefit for our country and, and for the industry. For sure. um, but at the same time, it still leaves a lot of regulations on how uh, how the plant is handled. Mm-hmm. Now, I wish they would have. Descheduled it, which would have decriminalized it and Federally, handled it yeah. just like alcohol and tobacco. Right. Yeah.
1: yeah. Uh, uh, right. And I mean, so I remember, you know, when Nick had the dispensary and um, you know it was first starting out, like he couldn't use the same. Like the banks didn't want yeah, his business. He had to like drive right. down to Santa Rosa to give the money. So I mean, is it still like that complicated?
3: it's it's almost as complicated ah. so when it comes to banking that is the number 1 challenge that the cannabis industry has right now is um, just the um, lack of access to, uh, to banking and financing out there. Now, I, I've got to give a shout out to Co Central Credit Union. Um, they piloted a, a cannabis banking program. Nice. And um, it took us eight months worth of applications. And um, they had know, just been starting that as I sold it to you. Yes. You know, after we had our accounts closed.
2: Right. Um, because we were cannabis. Yeah. Um, they were just talking about that. And I'm all right. Let's uh, I hope that Michael can get into that door. And, and it took eight months to do it. It sounds like you got it
3: done, though. We did. We did. And, mm. and we're very grateful for that. That's yeah. That's been huge. Um, but even that that program is uh, has some limitations on it. So, um, you know, as far as banking, basic banking, it's great. Uh, when it comes to business financing and that sort of thing, we've still – the industry still has to look more towards private equity mm-hmm. rather than, um, you know, FDIC-insured banking and that sort of thing. So still have those hurdles but uh, slowly chipping away at them.
1: Good, good. Um, so tell me about some, like, relationships that you're building in the community. I know that you work with Ken a lot. Um, I see you're doing some work with the, the social club.
3: Yeah. Yeah. So um, Humboldt Social uh, is an organization that has done a lot of really cool things. Um, they found a unique way to um, pair hospitality with, um, you know, with the wellness industry. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you're familiar with Social Lodge or Humboldt Bay Social Club, you um, You've got uh John O'Connor, right. a- as well as um Nicole Fryer, who have uh really found this unique combination. And they've uh they're going to be opening up a facility right
1: across the street from you, right?
3: Right across right the street, right by
4: the post- mortuary. Where are they? What's <laughs> which space are they opening uh, it in in uh, that little cubbyhole <laughs> hole back there? Or?
3: Uh, no, they're going to be in it's the uh, i. I, it's I forget close the name by of the building. Yeah, right, yeah, Kitty right Corner. Rib- right by the yeah. mortuary. Yeah, we're <laughs> going to do a ribbon <laughs> Penny for
1: them soon. But yeah, tell me about it. Yeah. Tell me a little yeah, more.
3: So, in addition to what they've got going on um, at their other locations where they're doing, um, you know, relaxation type massages, they're going to be, um, when they. They ran the Poppin' Barkley Social Club. And there they introduced CBD and cannabis-infused massage oils into their treatments. So um, as they move into Arcata, Pacific Paradise is going to partner with them. It's wonderful. Oh, I'm so happy to see what they're doing there. Yeah. And um, so in addition to uh, the normal... Uh, massage therapy and such that they're going to be doing, and now the cannabis infused and CBD infused massage. They're working with uh, the Humboldt Center for New Growth, and they're doing some really cool things when it comes to uh, med spa services. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, the incorporation of uh, ketamine, ketamine treatments yeah. and things like that. Uh, I, cutting edge, and oh, as someone who has had personal experience uh, in my family with. Uh, PTSD and trauma and the therapies required to help someone get through that, uh, ketamine treatment was a huge step forward. And I'm so glad that is coming to the neighborhood.
1: Yeah, I've heard that same feedback from some of my friends that have like traumatic brain injuries that it has really been like a lifeline for them. So I mean, how far we've come right in researching how these things can help instead of harm and actually better than, you know, a lot of the methods that, that we've been using. So.
3: Right, right. And and so, yeah, it, they're going to start, uh, I think they said uh, September 16th yeah. and 18th is going to be kind of their, their grand opening when they're doing treatments. So um I'm really looking forward to partnering with them. And then, you know, other things that we've been doing to help support the community um, Right next door to Pacific Paradise at 1087 H Street, Arcata. Um, you know, <laughs> That's, address is seared in my brain forever. Uh, recently, a, a secondhand store uh, called Crave opened up. Oh, yeah. Oh, and they're doing some really cool things there. Um, and one of the things that we did to help support them is uh, legally as a dispensary, we are required to provide an exit bag for every order that walks out the door. And for us, that is, um, we've always been looking for a way to, um, to mitigate the waste associated with those exit bags. And so what we did is we started stamping right on our bags, you know, walk next door, turn this bag into Crave, and get 10% off a sale. Oh, wow, bar. that's I had fantastic. Not that. That's
2: great, Mike. Yeah. I love
3: that. So, so it helps us, you know, recirculate those bags, re- recycle those bags, and it helps Crave by, by generating new, new customers going in there.
1: I love that. That's fantastic. Hey, if you are just tuning in, um, I am lucky enough to be sitting with Nick Matthews and Michael Betancourt. Um, Pacific Paradise is what we're talking about. Really interesting conversations. Turn back to Nick for a second. Um, I'm sure you have like a million stories um, about you and Misha in in the heyday. Any any fun stories you want to you want to share uh, with us?
2: <laughs> uh, yeah, or no. probably not. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if I should go super into detail, but we really always did enjoy doing festivals and. And so forth, and as you can probably do the math on that one, those festivals with Misha in particular, <laughs> um, our trips to Vegas to we did sh- trade shows out there because at that point we were a smoke shop, and there was um, a ton of stories from those from those uh, weekends in Vegas. That's a different show. Yeah, that could do, <laughs> I could do a whole show on uh, pre, you know like memories from there. Um, when I changed it into a dispensary, I had to get out my office, and the office was ours, our main office for forever because we had to comply with a certain amount of room space. You right. had to have a safe room and so forth, a storage room. And so when I was taking apart that office, it was a, a definite trip down memory lane. Everything on the wall, you pull the thing off the wall, and there's like a brown like square, you know, or like a clear square on the walls from, I think, probably a million years worth of consumption in that, in that office over the weekends.
3: Which, if the DCC's listening, that does not happen anymore. <laughs> it does anymore. not affect
2: <laughs> Most definitely not. But at that point, you know, and that's one of the things with regulations is when we had the smoke shop, there weren't any regulations. We had a register that had like five things on it you know what I mean and uh and when it was changed into uh dispensary the regulations obviously um were hard on me because I just simply wasn't used to such detailed evening inventories and and complying with all the metric stuff at the time and and um Jen was a pivotal um force in that and and really running me through that because she's so knowledgeable about everything that has to do with that industry um and and that as 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 that was going on that's how she became so knowledgeable Is just flowing along with it she watched it you know progress from what it is or what it was into what it currently is um partnering with all these wonderful businesses and it's i'm just
3: so happy that you're doing that because um it's always a vision of mine for sure. Oh yeah, and having Jen, you know, as a business partner uh, to this day is just is huge. I mean, uh, in addition to the regs and the operations and compliance um, her passion for the plant and, and just getting to know the people behind the story is is second to none. So uh, that's why you'll always see her face on uh, the social media posts. You'll always hear her voice on the radio. And I love that because she wouldn't do any voice <laughs> for me. I had to get creative with Halloween ones and so forth. And she's, she's no, 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 I won't do that. And
2: so I was driving along and, and uh, she came on for one of the commercials. I was like, yay, Jen. And she sounds <laughs> so she great. went out of her comfort zone and, and she does sound fabulous for sure, as always. She's, <laughs> she's great.
3: Yeah. Now, my background in the construction industry was very helpful because part of my duties was to work with government officials and regulatory agencies yeah. and, and that sort of thing, building departments within the, the construction industry. So stepping into cannabis, uh, I realized that a lot of those skill sets transitioned you know, and um, for us, it was always the approach that we wanted to take that I'd rather embrace the, the individuals that are responsible for uh, compliance and, and uh, following those regulations. Mm-hmm. I'd rather embrace them than keep them at arm's length. And in doing so, we learned so much. Um, and, you know, to this point, Jen has developed such a great relationship with not just the farms and the customers, but with the the regulators that um, we'll'll we'll welcome a man when when they've got a question, they'll call her and you know, just seek um, industry uh, perspective on what's going on out there. So again, I can't say enough about uh, about her role in in keeping the operation going so. Jen, thank you.
1: Thank you, Jen. I really wish you were here. So um, your background in construction, I imagine that... When you told your former colleagues that you were moving to Humboldt to take over a dispensary, <laughs> what was that reaction
2: like? Do you still oh, talk with any of these <laughs> previous co-workers?
3: Some of them more now than I did then. <laughs>
2: yeah, yeah. They've, they've accepted it.
3: You got denial yeah. and, and so you, forth. It ran acceptance. the gamut. Yeah, it yeah. ran the gamut. Um, I... I was lucky enough to lead a, a team of, you know, almost 100 people, um, about a dozen of which I was, I was very close with, worked on a daily basis with. And um, at that point in my, in my corporate career, I was uh, clean cut. You know, it wasn't a suit and tie every day, but it was pretty damn close. Mm-hmm. And so that was the professional perspective that they had with me. Once I had tendered my resignation and, and um, let them know i was I was stepping away, um, there were only a handful, very, very small number of people that I had told in confidence what I was going to be doing mm-hmm. out of respect for the organization and their zero tolerance policy and and that sort of thing. Um, but I tell you what once uh, I decided to Come out of the shadows, so to speak, and say, "Hey, this is what I'm doing." I, I embraced it and um, really appreciated the response that I got. Almost uh, un- uh, uniformly across the board, the laughs, the smiles, the "Oh my God, I I totally see that for you," you know, um, it was it was great. And the support that I have received from former colleagues has has been awesome. Um, and I'm not kidding. I talk to some of them more now than I do, <laughs> you know, back then. <laughs> any, visitors? <laughs> <I've>, <laughs> any visitors? I've, I've had store. a visitor to, to the store, <laughs> yeah. Good. yeah.
1: that's so wonderful to hear. I mean, it's so funny because now, you know, you went from kind of that world into paradise. And Nick kind of went the opposite direction and went from paradise into, like, a, a, a little bit more conservative field. And so it's, it's just so it's funny to see, like, how your coworkers, you know, react
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um but That's dimming. okay everybody. You know, everybody has what they've experienced in life and their own opinions on such things and, and and I respect everybody's opinion on it. I just personally have been fighting for this cause for so long and uh and it kind of f- felt good to step back a little bit and hand off the the you know, the ball to somebody mm-hmm. else who um has a passion for it and they're really and it's a blessing taking the store where Michael's taken it. It um, it could have either closed or gone to some other place that I wouldn't have been happy with. Yeah, like um, a chain? Yeah, when Ugh. we met with him, yeah. w- we, we walked away. and it was like, that is um, exactly who we want.
1: Oh, that was a beautiful moment, <laughs> dear listeners. <laughs> I and mean, thank goodness, right? I mean, yeah, so, I mean, uh, you know, Nick, as, when you say that you've been like fighting for the, the cause. Like, what what does that look well, like? Well, I
2: mean, it's just educating people who come in the store after, you know, we open up. And like I said, 215 had passed. Um, there was already a, a, a more of an acceptance to the stigma that had been um, following it for so long, where I'd have some of my older customers come in and say, Hey, look, my doctor told me that uh, that this might be good for my arthritis or whatever. And being there so long, they felt comfortable coming into Paradise, um, which is something I've always been proud about. Mm-hmm. You know, we're a neutral place. I don't at you know, during the 90s, it was the tree huggers against the loggers. And, you know, everybody would come into Paradise. And get along, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And there's a mutual common interest here and and they just kept it neutral, and oh, I like that one, or I like that one, or wow, I have one of those, or I bought my first one here, <laughs> you know um, And so uh, yeah, I get lost on my train of thought sometimes, and I gotta be honest, this is choking me up a little bit.
3: Um,
1: this is a safe place too. Yeah. I had choked up last <laughs> week. It's all right.
3: <laughs> yeah, when when Meredith said it was a beautiful moment, uh, it would have been nice to to have a video camera in here and, and just see the the uh, the interaction that's going on. And, and yeah, Nick, I've got yeah. that that respect. As I feel yeah. the same way, man. Uh,
1: well, maybe there'll be a TV show down the road. With starting go. small. I
3: always thought it would be local a great TV show. That's <laughs> <laughs> <in a laughs> you know. Um, you know, but, but to continue that that tradition, is, uh you know, in the vein of our conversation, Nick. I mean, paradise is a a mutually, um, respectful, uh, good vibes only type location. We want students. We want locals. We want, um, tourists. We want everyone to realize that if you come into paradise, we're going to, we're going to accept you for who you are. We're, you know, life matters. And whether it's the, the plant, whether it's the people, whether it's, you know, the, the community life matters. And, um, you know, we'll keep that tradition going. Um, You know, so many of our farmers um, follow that same philosophy and we wanna highlight, you know, I mentioned earlier Soul Spirit and Judy, but uh, you know, some of the things that um, Lorelei and David are doing with Sunrise Mountain Farms, um, you know, Huckleberry Hill, you've got got John and Rose that um, when you look at how they treat each other, how they treat the plant, how they treat the community, it's just impossible to not see and, and recognize the the love that they're pouring in and pouring out, you know, to to what's going on around them. And, and we just want to be an extension of that. Well, that's part of the local, you know, business. You know, they sure they all might have their
2: individual farms, but it is a larger picture than that where everybody here is, you know, fighting for something that they that they believe in and and um, and working together, yeah. which is something I really, really like. I've always been for that kind of thing.
3: Yeah and um you know along those same lines I I want to take just a brief moment and and talk about something that is threatening um that local livelihood yeah. and um you know we're we're getting into election season and, yeah. and everything going on, and I'm not going to go down the the, the road of, of
1: Chamber of Commerce <laughs> is apolitical. I yeah. say that right now.
3: <laughs> what a uh, as is paradise, right? You know, it just uh, you can't um, you can't draw a hard line and and n- refuse to look at both sides or all sides of an issue, and so when it comes to the um, Uh, One of the initiatives that's going to be on the ballot locally here uh, come November, the Humboldt Cannabis Reform Initiative, currently known as HCRI. Um, I'm just going to encourage the voters to take a look at that because the way it's being positioned Mm -hmm. is that it will protect um, the local farms. It will protect the small farms. It will protect the industry that Humboldt is world-renowned for. But I'm going to ask the voters, take a look at it, read it, because from my perspective, um, some of those regulations, restrictions, um, uh, and how they define a small farm Mm -hmm. is much more restrictive, and it's actually going to hurt those farms that we've talked about. And so I'm not going to ask anybody to vote the way I would vote. I'm going to ask people to just Take a look at the, the initiative for what it is. Make sure you understand the impact that it's going to have on all of these families and all of these farms that have been in the in the county for so many years. Um, and, you know, after that, vote your conscience.
1: Yeah. Thanks for for talking about that, because I think that's really important, you know, to, to read something and fully understand the repercussions. And
2: that's been the case all along. I mean, before 64 was passed, it had been on the ballot before that. And I read it, and I did not agree with it at all. It, the, the way it was set up um, had several things that I disagreed with. And then the same with sixty-four. When sixty-four came, you know, along, obviously you're going to have positives and negatives and everything. Um, and some of the negatives were were definitely on my on my radar for sure. But that being said, it's a step at a time. Like I like I've gone along, and that's the foundation. And it has evolved from there, and it will continue to do so into the future. You know. Um, It'll be interesting to sit back in my little corner and watch it um, with all my experience.
3: And yeah, and regardless of what the future holds, you know, I, I just uh, hope and pray and, and I'll do everything in my power to make sure that, you know, the good times, the good vibes at Paradise just just continue, that we continue to support the, the community that has supported us for over 50 years. Well, let's years. see.
2: It's now 52 I believe, 52 this year. <laughs> yep, And uh, there's not many businesses in Arcata that can say they're 52 oh, years old. I don't think I can count them on Well, my I think hand. Adventure's Edge was open in 70, um, some of the others in town as well, but definitely one of the few. Who've who've been there half a century plus? Yeah, you know, yeah. Um, and, uh, that's saying something. And For weathered here, so 100%. many
3: <laughs> like ebbs century. and
1: flows, and yeah,
2: uh-huh.
3: yeah. And yeah. and in the same location, in the same location at yeah. 1087 East <laughs> Street,
2: <laughs> <laughs> right across from the morgue. <laughs> <laughs> I did a Halloween commercial where I did the spooky voice. I always loved <laughs> hamming it up on those things, and uh, and that was my
3: final line of that commercial. <laughs> we still, yeah. <laughs> we still joke about it to this day. <laughs> Yeah, we're, you know, we're so proud of the, the tradition that uh, that Paradise has become that, you know, if you come in, uh, Nick, you were talking about a lot of the shows that you have uh, sponsored over the years. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we're continuing to do that. But when you walk in through the front door and look up, you're going to see all those playbills posted on the ceilings. And, and, and I put them in mean, different the different and... positions so that as you're looking up, you get dizzy. <laughs> you know what I mean? So you're
2: kind of high at Paradise in some way. You woke up, you're, whoa, you know. This is uh, – I purposely did that. And some of those are really, um, to this day, old friends of ours who've passed away or whatever it might be have some of their stuff up there. And um, and I'm proud that it's still hanging out there. I personally took down all my rock and roll T-shirts from the <laughs> 80s when I sold it to Michael. And in retrospect, I probably shouldn't have. But uh, – um, and I actually do have a few things you can hang back up at the store that I probably will never hang up at the house, but a lot of memories for I know sure. Those
1: T-shirts they almost like crumbled. Right,
2: <laughs> you let you let our <laughs> I know son I let him wear one my there. old Van Halen one too. No, I
1: let him wear like a reggae shirt. We took. For, <laughs> oh yeah, he took the reggae on the I River would never 89 let shirt. It, that's right. That I would was never let him wear the Van Halen stab. shirt. I promise. Um, <laughs> 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 and
2: uh, and I, you know, they're so dusty. They had been hanging up there forever, um, but he's replaced them with other fabulous <laughs> things. too. I was going to get him framed, but...
3: Well, and the cool thing is that, that you know we're talking about the tradition we're talking about the history but the reality is that that same music scene is going on today it is I yeah. mean there's some great local artists there's some great venues for for doing shows Definitely. these days and and I certainly hope people are getting out and checking them out and supporting Absolutely. those and those those
1: every work. night of the week you can see a different dead cover band <laughs> 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 well my let's favorite not thing about. Them. crazy <laughs> here, <So and laughs> I <too>. actually <laughs> enjoy every one of my shows I've gone to like that
2: <laughs> um, but it, it, there is a large and it's always been in that way, a large music scene here with the artistic community that we have here in Arcata. Um, and I'm ha- really happy that you're still sponsoring all that kind of stuff, um,
3: that you're doing everything that you're doing, Michael, really. Ah, uh, you know what? It's a, it's a team effort. I, you know, I just, joint well, effort. It's a joint it's effort. It's a joint <laughs> effort. <laughs> <what> I always <laughs> said when I still own the story. It's a joint effort. And uh, a few uh, flew over their head on that one, but um,
2: I always thought that... Uh, Yeah, it's great to support your local community, for sure. And you're continuing forward with that tradition.
1: So any... Favorite products that you can recommend?
2: <laughs> oh my gosh. So, uh, and your old coworkers aren't listening to this one.
3: Michael. Oh, my old coworkers. <laughs> like cus- customer favorites. <laughs> yeah, let's just, customer let's favorite. just call it that. Uh, my old coworkers are now fully aware of <laughs> yeah. you know, like, my um, quality and assurance testing that I do these days. So, <laughs> um, you know, I will say that there's there really are so many to choose from. Um, what am I smoking these days? Uh, sitting in my grinder right now is uh, Jealousy, um, Cuda Farms, I love their their product. Um, uh, let's see, what's in my vape pen at the moment? Um, hmm, I gotta think, I've got a few different strains going on that I'm smoking via vape. Uh, I will say that uh, that my daughter who is a true connoisseur, um, is teaching me about uh, dabbing, uh, something completely new to me, and and uh, never thought I would do. I mean,
1: the young teaching the old—that's that's beautiful.
3: I uh, I climbed <laughs> Strawberry <laughs> Rock when I own the store. I climbed Strawberry Rock, and we would sell these.
2: These um, these these water pipes made by a guy named Pear and they're really thick, you know. I climbed Strawberry Rock and I got to the top and there were some of my customers dabbing up on top <laughs> of the rock and I was like, "Whoa, whoa, whoa, you guys, you Safety know, first. Here, let's, let's make sure I'll watch you come down off this rock." Um, um, so yeah, it, it, we watched so many different over the years. It went from bubble bags to pressing to you know, I mean, all sorts of. Uh, progression to where it became now you know it really went scientific yeah
3: um you know one of the um i mentioned the strain that's in my uh in my grinder right now but one of i think my favorites uh currently is soul spirit farms i mean when you see what what they're growing um it's absolutely gorgeous. So, uh, I started with one, and I ended up working my way through the entire line. You know, the entire menu, just because I the the, the terpenes, the flavors really flow through, and what they've got going on. So, so many different options, too many to choose from. You know, it's a,
1: not a bad problem to have. No,
3: no. I, I will say um, my go-to is really any sort of sleep aid when it mm-hmm. comes to edibles or gummies. Preach. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I'll i bounce back and forth between um, uh, various uh, CBN products mm-hmm. and, and finding what works for me. And when it comes to the therapeutic value of, of cannabis – that's really kind of what, what people should look for. Um, it is um, a natural product. It is not, uh, for the most part, not um, processed or synthesized, right? So you don't have the um, the continuity like you would get in a pharmaceutical. Mm-hmm. Um, but pharmaceuticals have their pros and cons, um, as does cannabis. But it, it really is finding something that works well with your um, – uh, endocannabinoid system and something that will really help you achieve the the result you're looking for. But trust me, it's out there. And yeah. and if you if you take the time, do the research, and try various products, you will find something that helps your ailment, whether it's sleep for me, uh, inflammation, you know, just relaxation. You know, it's it's a beautiful thing. And that comes
2: along with education. You know, is it sativa? Is it indica? What's the effects of these things? Um, that's just your basic ground level educational setup. And then it just goes from there. I mean, there's so much to it any longer. And
1: it's just, it's such a sea change, you know, how it's being embraced. Like my my mother, like who now, like it it helps her. I just, you know, it's all, not all ages. It's, you know, but, um, but really people, it's the generational shift in thinking. And that's, it's just really wonderful.
3: <laughs> it's funny because uh, whenever I do go back down into the Central Valley, um, I'll, I'll reach out to my mom and, and several other family members and inevitably, hey, bring me some of this. Bring me some of that. My and mother would are, say, do
2: you got any grass for me? <laughs> 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 and, and obviously, you know. Um, I can't okay, give my mom. mother. I can't give my mother okay, edibles, no. though. <laughs> no, your mother, she does she not she understand dosage. Opening <laughs> <laughs> packaging, too. She'll
1: have to cut it open. I'm, I'm sorry. Mom, I hope, well, we love her. I love you so much. <laughs> so, all right, um, we're at the end of our hour. Um, I have been had such a privilege of talking to Nick Matthews and Michael Betancourt of Pacific Paradise. Last words, gentlemen.
2: Uh, You know, I really just am super happy with the way the store is going, and I'm really happy that you were able to get us on here and let people know where it is going. I have a lot of times people going, well, who owns that place now or whatever it is? And I'm saying a wonderful person and uh, go in there and, and continue forward supporting this business. It'll always have a really strong place.
3: Well Nick we we feel the same way. I know Jen and I are, are happy to carry on the tradition, you know, that that you've been part of and um you know, for those of you that uh, have not yet purchased your first glass, you know, at, at Paris. Right? A <laughs> whole new generation that. of students coming in. So, yeah. yeah. Yeah, come on down for the first time or just come down and check us out if you haven't been there in 30 years. And where are you, you located know? again? That would be 1087 <laughs> H Street. Arcata. Across from the mortuary. <laughs> <Yeah. Yeah. laughs> Meredith, thank you so, yeah, so much. Gentlemen, really really has so be. been
1: such a pleasure so to wonderful. have you both in the same room sharing these stories. I can... See by the looks on your faces and the look on mine, how like important it is, um, you know, to, to, to tell these stories and appreciate the history of this business that has been like really woven into the fabric mm-hmm. of Arcata for a really, really long time that gives so much back to the community um, that really understands, you know,
2: Anyway, when you support Paradise, you're supporting your local community. Whether that's your neighbors or your relatives or anybody here locally.
3: Well, Nick, like and you that's said, the idea of it all along. Yeah, like you said, I mean, having business local. card print, printed locally, buying insurance locally, you know, uh, having all your T-shirts and hats and stuff made locally. That's what we want to continue to I do. I love it. Yeah, it's right. fabulous. Everybody, one, two, three. <laughs> one, two, three. Good times. <laughs> Thank you again for having us. My
1: pleasure.
4: Come to paradise. A gunshot rings out at the station. Another urchin slaps and left it on his own. It makes me wonder why I'm still here. But sometimes. Come to paradise.